0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1046, The Tension Between Healthy and Frugal, by Krista oreilly david degee of a alifeinprogress.ca. And I'm Dr. Neil, your host and narrator. Happy Monday. I hope you had a wonderful holiday weekend for those of us in the States, Thank you for being here and welcome back to a new week of Optimal Health Daily. This is where I read to you from some of the best health and fitness blogs on the web, kind of like an ongoing audiobook. Now we have five shows in our network covering a bunch of different topics. Check them all out by searching for Optimal Living Daily wherever you're hearing this. And now, let's get right to today's post as we optimize your life. The tension between healthy and frugal by Krista O'Reilly davi Dagee of alifeinprogress.ca. I know I'm not the only one who struggles with tension between health and frugality. We have always lived on a fairly snug budget and made material sacrifices to provide healthy food for our family. Canadian families spend about 9 to 14% of their income on groceries, depending on the source and family type. Of course, living in a small town in the North or on a lower income can skew these percentages we allocate about 24% of our net income to groceries alone and still run out of things and have had to listen to our kids bemoan the empty fridge. I realize that a large segment of the world population struggles to put any food on the table at all. And this post is not meant to downplay that fact. And where I live, a previously booming economy is faltering. Many of us are facing wage cuts or losing jobs and budgets are needing to be tightened even as food prices continue to rise. But quality food and water are two pillars of emotional, mental, and physical well-being. Yet, there persists a crazy disconnect in our society, whereby people are willing to pay for gel nails, the newest iPhone, beer, vacations, or fancy vehicles, and yet lament the cost of real, whole food. I remember my cousin telling the story years ago of how she, a smoker at the time, was complaining about the price of watermelon for her daughters and all of a sudden realized the lunacy of spending all that money on cigarettes instead of healthy food. She quit cigarettes. And so many North Americans are overfed but undernourished. So it isn't just about the dollars we throw at food either. Filling the belly is only part of the equation. What we eat and even how we eat matters greatly. This is my frustration with the feed your family on $200 a month type blog posts. I mean, I know that food prices vary country to country, province to province, and city to town, but these figures just seem completely unrealistic and unhealthy to me. I don't disagree that it can be done. I mean, obviously people pull it off, and many have no choice. It is either that or starve. And then there are those of us frugal types, most of my closest friends fall into this category, who work hard to pay off mortgages early and live within our means. But in our desire to save money, pay off debt, and live simply, we need to be careful to count the long-term cost of slashing the food budget too far. Once I began eating meat a couple of years ago, the budget tightened further. I want to purchase animal proteins from local farmers as much as possible, farmers raising their animals organically, even if not certified. And this costs money. I want to lower pesticide exposure by choosing organic fruits and veggies much of the time, especially those on the dirty dozen list, and avoid genetically engineered, like Roundup-ready, glyphosate-drenched crops. I source my food from far and wide, from local farms, yes, but also via food co-ops or from the closest city two hours away. And I feel for the families who do not have the means or in some cases the know-how to access better quality food in this way. There's also the very real issue that so many people have no idea how to cook or garden. I am a horrible gardener. Many grew up eating foods either from the deli at the supermarket or from frozen bags and boxes. And I am regularly shocked to learn just how often people dine out in restaurants or at fast food joints each week. In the past years, I came to realize that my experience of growing up, helping with a big garden, learning to bake, and watching my parents store food and cook humble meals from scratch was a tremendous gift. Although I certainly didn't always appreciate it at the time. Many people genuinely do not know what to do with a bag of raw oats or brown rice or black-eyed beans. They spend their hard-earned dollars on minute rice and sugary oatmeal packets and Pop-Tarts, shudder, because no one modeled another way. Our children need to experience the joy of growing some chives or carrots in a pot, getting their hands dirty in the kitchen, joining in the menu planning and shopping for real food on a budget. Food can be one of the greatest emotional pleasures in life. My dad rarely gave marital advice, but years ago, maybe after I had been talking with pride about our well-regulated budget, he took me aside and informed me that food is very important and that I should be careful about scrimping too much in this department. It was actually an eye-opener for me. I mean, I like food too, but I'm also happy to cut back on food here and there in order to buy books. I had never realized the emotional attachment many of us have to food, if I can call it that. Over the years, I've kept that rare bit of fatherly advice in mind and tried to ensure that my husband and my family felt loved and nourished through food. A batch of warm muffins to accompany a humble pot of minestrone, mini vegan cheesecakes to accompany a family game night, or Friday night homemade pizza and a movie can all nourish a family on an emotional level and prevent binging or impromptu splurging on fast foods that break the budget. Okay, my husband would rather be loved via spicy drumsticks than cheesecake, but you get the idea. I know I have not always hit the mark. I take shortcuts and refuse to follow recipes and do too much cooking in a distracted or multitasking state. In addition, I was vegan, then vegetarian most of our married life. And while my husband never, ever complained, now that I am eating and therefore cooking meat a couple of times a week, he has expressed his profound happiness with the shift. I love that my husband supported my choice for 20 years but he is happier with plenty of fish, poultry, broth, and occasional red meat in his diet. We also experienced cultural differences in our kitchen. I am delighted by a hearty salad and baked potato or pot of homemade soup and biscuits. After almost 25 years in Canada, he is still not convinced this is real food, by the way. While he contends that rice is a daily necessity akin to breeding and happily adds small fish and extremely spicy sauces on top of pretty much anything. Real food costs money and time, and energy. But healthy, home-cooked meals can also be simple yet satisfying. They can nourish body and soul. We may need to take shortcuts and compromise here and there to respect eating preferences, to save our sanity, or out of financial necessity. Some may need a cooking class or nutrition workshop to get started. But I encourage each of us take an honest look at our food budgets and overall priorities and do our best to invest in health through quality food. You just listened to the post titled The Tension Between Healthy and Frugal by Krista O'Reilly davi Dagee of alifeinprogress.ca. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast All right, I'll do Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month and six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. Krista had so many wonderful things to say and there is so much I want to share, but... In the essence of time, I will spare you and only discuss a couple of things that really stood out to me. Krista mentioned reducing our exposure to potentially harmful compounds when purchasing fresh produce. One way to reduce our exposure to harmful bacteria and viruses specifically is to buy bundled veggies instead of pre-bagged veggies. I know it's super convenient to buy the pre-bagged varieties because they're triple washed or whatever, but we're learning that these pre-cut, pre-bagged types of produce may contain more bacteria and viruses. This is because potentially more human hands, more machines, basically more processing was involved. More processing in this case especially may mean more potential contamination. So instead, if you can buy the produce that sits on the supermarket shelf under those spray heads in the produce department, basically with a rubber band or twisty tie around it, you may reduce your exposure to these pathogens and it's all because fewer hands have touched it. Now, one more thing, on a lighter note, Krista discussed picky eaters, particularly children that fall under this category. I've had many a patient come to me frustrated because their child refuses to eat what they, the parent, so lovingly and painstakingly prepared. Krista mentioned involving the children in the meal preparation process, and in fact, that's one of the most effective ways to encourage children to eat what's being served have them help in the meal prep process. And as Krista mentioned, if you can have them even help with grocery shopping, that's a huge step in the right direction. Now, of course, we do need to be careful with the tasks we assign them. In the kitchen, we probably don't want them chopping vegetables or frying anything. But simple, age-appropriate kitchen tasks like measuring and mixing are a great start. Why does this work so well, you ask? Well, think about how proud a child is after they've created, well, really anything. After spending a half hour with their Play-Doh set, they sit back and admire the work of art they just created, a molded statue of their favorite cartoon character. But to you, it looks like an amorphous blob. After spending time with crayons and paper, they produce, in their minds, a piece of artwork that rivals the Renaissance masters. To you, it looks like an old Rorschach test. The key is that children are proud of their accomplishments. They like to see their finished product and show it off. And when it comes to food, the same rules apply. They'll want to try their finished product in this case and enjoy their masterful creation with their family. All right, that'll do it for the Monday episode. I hope you have a wonderful start to your week and I'll be back here tomorrow as usual where your optimal life awaits.